know, I, I mean, I'm not afraid to go, you know, I mean, I know where I'm going, you know, uh, and, and Janice like, you always talk about death, you know, I'm like, it's, you know, the die is gained, that's what Paul said. But it has like this brief little uh, article thing here, it says, Judgment Day in California, where Harold Camping resides, never came. It's now well past 6 p.m. Pacific time, the time where when camping expected to be raptured. The family radio president predicted that earthquakes would begin at 6 p.m. in each time zone on May 21st. That was yesterday. To alert the world that the end of the world has begun and that a small percentage of the world's population would be raptured. Wow. But now his following, many of whom gave up their jobs, spent their life savings, is left feeling confused and unfortunately with nothing. Millions of dollars were spent on billboards and other ad campaigns to warn the public about Judgment Day. Thankfully, we have this, right? Uh, and we're, 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 we're taught that no one knows the time nor day. And um, so you see things like this, and it is unfortunate for those who fall for that sort of teaching and, and that sort of uh, um, proclamation. Uh, but for believers, we you know we stand on the word of Christ, and and there's no earthquakes, and so um, don't go and spend all your life savings, and don't go to their website because um, it's, it's not gonna. No one knows when it's gonna happen. So I just wanna share that. Um, just before we begin, some of you may notice that I have hair now. Um, well. I still don't have hair where I was losing it. I'm still losing it there. Um, but that's because my lovely bride prefers there to be hair. And so I've come up with this new saying, and some of you have heard it, happy wife, happy life. So all the wives say, amen. And all the husbands smile and, you know. Okay, so, so happy wife, happy life. So, so it's growing back for now. Uh, we'll see where, where it goes from there. Um, let's pray. Father Lord, thank you for, again, um, today. Uh, I just thank you, Lord, that we have your word of truth and we can stand on it because it is true. I thank you, Father, for your, your grace and your mercy. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us grace and me grace too as well as we look at um, these short three verses in Matthew. Uh, I pray that your word would go forth. I pray that anything I say um, outside your word would certainly fall to the ground. I pray that you will prepare our hearts to receive the message that you want us to receive this morning. And as you name me pray. Amen. 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 When I initially started preparing for this message, the first time I taught on this text, this is actually the third time um, you know, sharing from this, this text. The first time was our inaugural Friday night youth service, our very first Friday night youth service. The second time was just this past Friday when we went to uh, Mason's edition, um, Kerygma, or Kerygma, Kar- Kar- thank you. Darren is like my right hand, you know, he says, keep, keep me on point. Uh, Kerygma and the drama ministry teamed up together, and you, and you all remember when we did this uh, Sunday at the foot of the cross. So we did, we did that uh, this past Friday. 
um, at Mason's Editions Park, which they did a fantastic job. And, and thanks to the, the media crew for making that possible and, and all the choir members as well and, and some of the uh, congregation that came out in support, um, uh, it went extremely well. But that was the second time I you know, just briefly shared upon this. And, and now this is the third time, so I don't know if it's the old adage that three times the charm or that... You know, God was just saying, okay, you need to teach from this three times so that you can get it yourself, you know, because I'm not the sharpest knife in the knife drawer, right? So the baby didn't like that joke. Um, but my initial thought was that, you know, this was going to be quite a timely message. I'm not saying that any message from the Word of God isn't timely and relevant. It is. But in view of the social unrest that we've been experiencing, both globally and nationally with, you know, the increased crime rate, rate the, um, the poor economy, you know, the, the loss of jobs or the lack of jobs. And so I thought, you know, this would be, you know, such a, a pertinent uh, message to, to, to touch on uh, that provides us this hope, um, this lasting hope uh, of Jesus saying, come to me. And, but however, as I continue to you know, this being the third time, you know, I was enlightened even further of how our lives, although how physical our lives, although how complex and complicated they are, it's just a vapor, right? Whether you're here and you're 70 or you're here and you're 13, um, that spine is just a vapor, which then gives further impetus to teach from this text because of its eternal implication. Come to Jesus or reject him. And so, as we look at Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 28 through 30, um, hopefully we will come to, um, whether it's a, a clearer understanding or just a remembrance of what um, Jesus had said. And I believe that this text talks to two groups of people. Contextually, we see that he is speaking to the crowd. And for the sake of time, I won't, I wanted to, I wanted to read, you know, the entire chapter. Um, but for the sake of time, uh, I'll just keep to 28 through 3. But Jesus is speaking specifically to a crowd. And we know that that audience, you know, he's, he's proclaiming that, hey, come to me, which would then imply that they have yet to done. So they have yet to commit to come to Christ. But I also believe there's another category here as well. And I think it's us believers who've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And why I say that is because I don't want us believers who are present to say, okay, that's for those who've not accepted Christ. You know, that's for them. So I can just tune out and I can think of what I'm going to have for lunch um, this afternoon. But I believe it's also for us believers as well. Because then it asks us to take inventory of just, are we indeed surrendering to the new authority that we have placed ourselves under? Are we indeed surrendering um, to the yoke that we have received from Christ? And so it says, easy yoke, light burden, and rest for your souls. And when you hear this, sometimes the songs like, you know, retirement, right? Easy yoke, light burden, rest for your souls. Um, but actually it's not. It's not even close to retirement. And as a matter of fact, you know, it's, it's bondage. But it's not the kind of bondage that comes to our mind. You know, it's not the kind of bondage where we think of, you know, a slave master and, you know, throwing his whip on us. 
It's not that kind, but it's a part of a binding contract that we make with Christ. Because in order for us to experience this rest, this light burden, we must come to Christ. We must come to Christ and take up his yoke. And taking up his yoke means that we yield to his authority over our lives. And I know for teens here, you know, this is the youth service. For some of you that, you know, they're like, know what's going on, that maybe just came in, but it is the youth service. Um, thank you for, for coming. Um, you, know, you know, teens, young folks, you know, don't necessarily like authority, you know. And we've all been there, you know, right? We've, we've all, okay, because folks are like, no, I haven't been there. You know, unless you just was born just like the way you are, I mean, that's your mother, that's incredible. You know, it's just like, and you, yeah. but we've all been young. We've all, um, those who, and here we are older, and, 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 and we know the kicking against the authority and not wanting to yield. Uh, but taking up the yoke of Christ means that we must yield to his authority over our lives. And although when you hear the word yoke, you usually think of work, you know, think of difficulty. But in centuries past and even now in certain countries, folks use yokes if they have a heavy load. You know, if they're taking water from a cistern or from uh, a riverbed and taking it up to their dwelling place, you know, they use a yoke to balance the water, all the load on their shoulders to make it easy. But in fact, Jesus' yoke, though sometimes when you have that and you think of difficulty and you think of hard times, Jesus' yoke makes those difficulties um, a lot more bearable. So here, I believe Jesus' invitation refutes uh, two misplaced conventions of what peace and real rest is. And the first one is, unlike the burden and rules and regulations, many, particularly in this time, and still some today, were subject to under the hands of the Pharisees, and some of you are, are familiar to the reference, Matthew 3, 23, verse 4, uh, where he confronts them and says, why do you put burdens on these people that you are unwilling to carry yourself? You know, this left many people to believe that they can earn their way into everlasting life. But then that journey was a painful, uncertain, anxiety-filled journey. And Jesus is saying, I offer a better yoke. And then unlike the yoke of the world that persuades us to relinquish any form of moral standard, Right? Particularly, you know, our youth, our students here, you know, in school, and it's like, oh, you know, you're saving yourself for marriage? God, oh, come on. You know, why are you doing that? You know, no one's saving themselves for marriage. Don't you like those blanket statements? No one's saving themselves for marriage. Um, you know, and then silly notions of hope. You know, why are you a Christian? You know, why are you turning your life? Oh, you think if there's something after life, you think that you're going to go to heaven? It's like, live now, have fun, let's party now. So unlike that, that yoke of the world that persuades us to relinquish any moral standard or silly notions of hope, that encourages us to pursue this rat race pace to accomplish goals, standards, to achieve prestige and pleasure and happiness, that enslaves us like this hamster wheel that just keeps going in a circle, uh, a circle of despair. Jesus is saying, I offer a better yoke. So it is indeed the yoke of Jesus that we're encouraged to take on because without this yoke of Jesus, um, we are weary and we are heavily burdened. And sometimes to the point where we feel that the universe is against us. And 
So we not only walk under an easier yoke when we come to Christ, but we also walk with a new perspective, a new purpose, and also a new hope as well. And as believers, we understand that, you know, we are under a new master. And in John 15, 15, where it says, you know, this new master considers us not as slaves, but, but as friends. And for those of you in here who have yet to call on the name of Jesus Christ, take heed to his gracious, gracious invitation. So now if you look at verse 28, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. The Greek word for come there is dute, which means like come here, you know, um, come on. And it's a auditory statement. Now, that's like a medium-sized grammar word that just means it's a strong encouragement to take action. But at the same time, it's a wonderful, gracious invitation as well from Christ. And so Jesus is saying, come to me, take this action. I strongly Strongly encourage you to uh, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. In the original language, the word for weary means to, to strive, to exert oneself physically, mentally, or spiritually, to work hard, to toil, to struggle. So are you here struggling against the bondage of sin? And are you here possibly struggling against the the shame and embarrassment of your past? Are you here struggling against the disunity that you're experiencing with your parents? Are you here struggling with that empty feeling that you constantly experience when you try to fill that void that only God can fill? Are you trying to uphold some sort of moral standard in your own strength and in your own terms only to experience failure and failure? And failure again. Are you physically, Jesus is asking, are you physically, mentally, and spiritually weary to the point of exhaustion? And if so, he's saying, come here, come to me. The Greek word heavy laden is uh, fortizo, just so you know, and it's to load to burden. And what luggage are you dragging around that's making your life just seem so unbearable? I'm going to ask um, Michael, to come up as I do this little illustration. Uh, it sort of somewhat ties into at the foot of the cross um, type thing. So, so I'm Thorn and and Denise, I'm stealing your your info. Oh, we're sharing it. We're sharing it. So, uh, Michael, I'm going to ask you to safely, you know, use your legs. You know, you don't want to hurt your back. To, to, to do like 10 reps of just, just like, if you can do 10 reps, do how high? Oh, I see you like that, you know, like jump, how high? You know what I mean? It's just, it's just great. Um, uh, just, just, you know, just, you know, just, just, just like, you know, like that. Just, just like 10, 10 reps. Remember, use your legs. Okay, here you go. One, if you can encourage him, you can encourage him. Two, okay, great, great, great. Three, okay, you guys get it, right? Four, five, looks good. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 
Damn, you gonna do some more? Cause you look like you're, you know, like that. Just, you look like you're just getting warmed up. <laughs> you know? How, how, was, how, was, how was that? How was that? Heavy. It was heavy. All right. Now, would you want to carry that around, like, going to school, COB, coming over? I'd fall over. You'll fall over. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. Let's give Michael a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Right? Michael, I may call you back again for just, I just going to give you a heads up. So now, Denise and Paul, you know, Michael is, you know, he's warmed up so he can take out the trash, he can mop the floor, you know, he's just, you know, he's good, you see? See, it's all, it's all part of a plan. It's all part of a plan. You know, is the world's yoke so enticing, though, that we surrender our freedom to its slavery bondage um, for its brief moments of pleasure and, and but truckloads of pain and discouragement and disappointment. I don't think so. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The word there, rest, means to cause someone to gain relief from toil, to cause to rest, to give rest, to revive, to refresh. So Jesus wants to give us a peace unlike the world can ever give as we see in John 14, 27. And in John 16, 33, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have trouble, as we know. But take courage. I have overcome the world. So for, you know, the students here, um, it's, it's always usually a, an extreme balance, right? It's like, the world's against me, things aren't happening, my friends are not talking to me, you know, relationships are not working out, relationship is strained with my parents, or just, you know, exams are coming up, and decisions need to be made, and, and um, I want to live for Christ, but everyone in school is just saying, what are you doing that for? You're lame, you're dumb, it's silly, um, you're strange. So you will face trouble in this world, Jesus says and confirms. But he says, I have overcome the world. Jesus wants to refresh, to relieve, to give rest to all those who labor and toil in vain. Not because just only their striving is temporal, but because their eternity is in jeopardy. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. To learn, as most of us know, is to gain knowledge or skill by instruction. And in scripture, we are encouraged in many different references of how we need to follow Jesus's example that he modeled and also the examples that he instructed us to do. And so we see in John 13, 15, I think some of it's on the screen as well. It says, for I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. And 1 Peter 2, 21 says, for you have been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. And then this last one, which is, you know, there's many more than this. First John 2, verse 6 says, The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he, Jesus, walked. So Jesus is saying, submit to my authority. Look at my example. Look at my life. Let me teach you how you can live the same way. It says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. I will patiently and lovingly persevere with you. 
as I walk with you in this new life of yours. I am neither proud nor haughty, and the only way you can learn from me is to take up my yoke. It's nothing compared to the yoke that you're currently under, because the yoke that you're currently under is worrisome and heavy. Jesus saying, I have something better. In Jeremiah 6.16, the prophet gets his word from God to communicate to the people. And it says, thus says the Lord, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. You know, at the end of that verse, it says, but they said, we will not walk in it. And, And for the students here and even for the adults here as well, I hope that that does not be our response uh, to God's, to Jesus' gracious invitation. Because the word says, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. Why? And you will find rest for your souls. You will experience a, Jesus is saying, you will experience a supernatural relief from your seamlessly endless cycle of these insurmountable struggles that you face on a day-to-day basis. Even more so, you will be abundantly satisfied. And that's why Jesus is saying, come to me. Because the world can't offer it. You know, your boyfriend can't offer it. Your girlfriend can't offer it. Your Xbox can't offer it. Your, your, your special extracurricular activity can't offer it. You know, your grades can't offer it. Your trying to pursue a good life can't, can't offer it. Only I, Jesus is saying, only I can offer this. And beyond that, still, in Christ is where we have that complete eternal assurance. And we cannot obtain this rest. It says, finally, we cannot obtain this rest unless Christ gives it. We cannot find this rest if Christ does not provide it. So then the question here lies. Wow. There's not much time left. But hey, it's the youth service. Guys always know that we end early on the youth service. So, but then the question here lies for the unbeliever. Are you willing to submit to a new authority in your life? Are you willing to become a disciple of Christ? Are you willing to, to not carry this load that leads to nothing? Are you worried? And, and if you are, which I believe um, you are because before we came to Christ, those who have, we were weary and we were heavenly laden. Will you come to Christ? Will you accept his gracious call to you? And then for the believer, for us, for us believers, I ask, you know, how have we been submitting to the authority of Christ since we've taking up his yoke? And have we been following his teaching? Because taking up the yoke of Christ doesn't mean you do your own thing. And taking up the yoke of Christ doesn't mean that all your troubles goes away. As I'm sure all of us in here who who are believers uh, can relate to. But what it does mean is that we're free from the bondage and destruction of sin. And that we are now in the service of God. Here is how Baker New Testament commentary puts it. 
says, symbolically speaking, Jesus here assures the oppressed persons whom he addresses, both then and now, that his yoke, that is, the one he urges them to wear, is kindly, and his burden, that is, that which he requires of us, is light. What he is really saying, therefore, is that simple trust in him, that's Jesus, and obedience in his commands out of gratitude for the salvation already imparted by him is delightful. It brings peace and joy. The person who lives this kind of life is no longer a slave. He has become free. He serves the Lord spontaneously, eagerly, and enthusiastically. He is doing what he, the new man in him, wants to do, as we see in Romans 7.22. On the contrary, the attempt to save oneself by means of scrupulous adherence to all the artificial rules and arbitrary regulations superimposed upon the law by scribes and Pharisees, as we see in Matthew 23.4, spells slavery. And then anything else that we want to pursue uh, that we think will bring us lasting happiness, but we're sure that it doesn't spell slavery as well. It produces wretchedness and despair. Therefore, says the Lord, come to me. Jesus invites us to take up his yoke, to learn from him, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. In verse 20, he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So my encouragement, Michael, in here is the burdens in which we carry. And Jesus is offering that we come to him who are weary and heavy laden. Because his burden it's not that there is no burden, but his burden is light, and his yoke is easy. Now, Michael, I want you to do the same tan reps. One, two, three, four, five. All right, thank you, Michael. Now, how, how, was, how was that? Easy. Easy. Really? Now, you can carry that around, right, if you wanted to. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Michael. It's, yeah, he says, lighter than his actual school bike. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, as we leave today, again, like I said, for the unbeliever, Jesus is saying, come to him. If you're weary, you're heavy laden. I will give you rest for your souls. And you will not only experience a, a physical renewal here on this earth, but you are also assured a eternal assurance beyond this earth. So would you choose this day to answer the call of Christ on your life where he says, come to you? And then as a believer, will we choose this day to remain submissive to his authority that we surrender our lives to? Amen? Amen. Let's pray, and then um, we'll be dismissed. Father, Lord, thank you again for your word. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your yoke. Uh, 
Father, the price that you, the price that your son paid for us to even be able to receive his yoke was a great one. Yeah, Jesus offered his life, took on the ultimate sacrifice so that we now can be able to respond to those who have not done so to his call to come to him. So I pray out loud that even if it's just one soul here um, who's contemplating to come to you, Lord Jesus, I pray that uh, their hearts will be challenged. I pray that if they, in fact, made a decision, um, that you will continue to, to nurture and, and, and lead them. I pray that you will surround them around people who will continue to point them um, to your word. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Uh, and uh, we thank you, Lord, for the encouragement and the truth in which you possess. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.